welcome to Table Talk. We are so blessed to be with some of our faith family and friends this morning. Ricky, Ricky and Francois. Did I say it correctly? Amen. See, I've, been, I've loved them for a long time. My southern accent has ruined names across this country, across this world for years. But my heart is so right that there are people that see my heart and they're like, we're going to love her through her southern no draw. What. No matter what. So my husband Jeff and I are just so honored to be with them. They are prayer partners, power partners for us, iron friends faith family and God put us together. Now you're looking at miracle marriages here. You're looking at people that um, have miracle businesses, part of miracle families and churches because we know that our past does not dictate our future, that the best is yet to come. So we're gonna start talking today and let you get to know each and every one of us. And I believe that there's gonna be a word that's gonna come forth today that's gonna change your life, that's gonna help send you into your future. It's gonna release you from your past and you can realize that what God's got planned for you, that Jeremiah 29, 11, the plans that he has for you is greater than anything that you've been through. And let me just say, we use that scripture verse a lot in the church world, but many people don't realize that that scripture is in the middle of a bad chapter with a lot of things happening. So God in the middle of maybe what seems to be a hard chapter in your life says, this is not where you're going to stay. This is not where you're going to end. There's more to come. I've got a plan, a future, and it's one to prosper you, not to harm you. So with that today, um, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me here. <laughs> so Jeff and I, um, we're excited. We knew we were going to be on here with you. And um, last night, this morning, he said, babe, I've got these notes I found. And I was like, babe, they're so good. And who, who were they from? Well, it was from a, a pastor person that's really close to me back in April um, that shared some stuff with our church that uh, just about life lessons, a reason for iron friends. And whenever I looked at the top of it, see, I always write who the pastor was, the date, and all that stuff, and it happened to be my wife, Allison. I thought, <laughs> my God, I didn't know I preached that good. It was, I thought, Jeff, I said, I said, babe, that sounds so familiar. I said, I can preach that. He said, you preached it. I said, yeah. <laughs> So, hey, welcome to Real Life with us. So, and baby, what, what, and what you, you talked about that was, you talked about don't let life, don't let life's interruptions stop you from your purpose mm. you know because we all have interruptions in life we all have things that come at us from different angles and it and it's and we, you know td jakes talks about something called the breaking point everybody right. every marriage every business everybody who's successful there's been a breaking point and how you wind up in life or how you wind up spiritually or in business or whatever is how you handle the breaking points that's how you right. go through that so and that's what kind of what we want to, to talk about a little bit this morning is is you know, because you look at two couples here that you think have got it all together. You think these two beautiful women have married even better looking. <laughs> Amen. But, but Amen. Truth, Amen. But the ball beauty is the ball That's right. That's right. But truth be told, if if um, you know if they would have given up on us, we wouldn't have what we have today. You know, you guys look at pastors preaching on stage. You look at you know Ricky and Francois. You look at Alison and I, and you think they've got it going together. Well, you see what the end result is you don't know what the breaking, the breaking point is. the life yes. journey has been yes. and, and how many people have poured you know a lot of times that you know life is about 10 percent of what happens to you mm -hmm. what people say about you and the other 90 percent is how you handle it that's right how you get through life how you handle that kind of stuff so that's what we're going to kind of do today hopefully is give you guys some um keys. nuggets some keys to, to go through life whenever you feel like that 
there's no hope for you or this is only for these, these select few people. Um, you know, Ricky shared with me a little bit, you know, he and I have somewhat of a similar background from where we come from, from, you know, life, home. You know, we didn't come from a whole lot, but if we would have let things, I mean, yeah, we had food on the table, we had clothes on our back, you know, we were loved, but whenever you look at things, like, man, where, where y'all are at today and where you came from, you know, if we would have let, you know, Ricky shared with me yesterday that, you know, a lot of times we're always told you go to school, you work hard, you get an education, and then you just work until you retire, and then that's life. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a bad life, but that's not the glorious filled life that our Lord Jesus has yeah. promised us that we can have. And we're hoping that through this that you can see that for whatever you're going through in life, that there is um, a greater, a blessed life that mm-hmm. you can have. So I have on my um, bracelet, someone gave me a few years ago, it says walk by faith, and it's a decision to do that. So let's just begin here, and you guys can pass it back and forth Mm -hmm. however you want to, but share with us some of the keys that have helped you when you've had breaking points, that you've not let the labels, your past, or things that have really pushed you into what God's called you to do. What are some things that you guys have done as a couple to make those things happen? Well, I mean, first I want to say, we're sitting here because first Jesus, the Popes, and the Bramlins. I mean, I, I believe there's two breaking points uh, for everyone, and it can go either way. You know, breaking point to your blessing, breaking point to your disaster. That's good. And um, we ended up in a breaking point to the disaster side <clears throat> because our boundaries got all, and yes. your relationship with your spouse is the most important. Yeah. on this earth but you can get too busy mm-hmm. right and um, you can try to divide and conquer in areas and the enemy will divide and conquer your marriage that's right. and that's where we have found ourselves in trouble before and had to learn from that <clears throat> but we've also seen massive blessing from the breaking point by staying the course yes. uh, in the word of god but also in our marriage and plowing ahead you know, the Bible says if you plow the field, you will reap a harvest and then build the barn, right? That's right. And um, my wife and I, from them experiences, you know, just like Jeff said, you have to use information and, and convert that to wisdom and as knowledge, put it into use. And we have. So breaking points have led us from that learning to bigger blessings because yes. we were able to stay the course and stay through in uh, our marriage, in our household on the word of God and using biblical principles. Hey, the Israelites wandered in the desert for a long time because they couldn't fall back on biblical principles. But God takes us through the desert, right? He does. And um, you have a choice. You can either fall back on people that are amazing like this family here and the popes and the word of God, and you can grow from it, and we have. But the other side of that, the disaster side is not fun. Right? That's right. And you know, we've all had disasters, but the thing is, you you can fall into a pit, just like it happened in the story of Joseph when he got thrown into the pit. Sometimes we throw ourselves in the pit. Sometimes we get pushed to the pit. Pits happen. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference in a disaster moment. You can go into a pit. You don't have to let the pit get in you. You don't have to get pitiful. What I've seen in you guys that I love about you is you guys don't have a victim mentality. You have a victor mm-hmm. mentality. You've decided no matter what comes against you. So I have seen you just really, what I would say, dig and do the work and um, fight for your family That's right. and not fight with your family. So what's one of the keys that helped you really find your first love in Jesus and in me? 
Well, I think just going back to kind of your first question, I think in life we just let distract and mm -hmm. distract us, you know, and that's one big thing. Um, I feel like failure is only feedback, and yes. I think it's a very positive thing when we go through hard times because it gives us the ability to feel when we're doing something wrong. Yes. And I think when we got so out of balance, I was able to feel what that felt like. And so the next time it happens, I'm able to feel that again. And I think that's so powerful that so when we're going through hard times, we just need to be praying through that because God's not going to give us something we can't handle. So he's going to test us and he's going to say, okay, can you handle this? And if you can, he's going to advance you. If not, you're going to wander those 40 years, right? right? And so I think that just changing my perspective when mm -hmm. I'm going through something hard and just saying, okay, this is a season. God's preparing me for something really, really good. Mm -hmm. yes. But I just have to walk through <clears> it and I have to be... Um, I have to be that that child that listens, yes. right, and understands that he's trying to teach me something here, and then just grow through that. You know, I always believe that we don't lose. We win or we learn. We win or we learn. And so I think it's so important what you're saying, really, is failure gives you feedback. You learn from it so that you can use, okay, well, maybe I missed it. You know, something, though, that thinks really is important is the distractions and the busyness normally comes along because we want what is in someone else's hand rather than what's in ours. That's right. And God really says, I've given you what you need. If you'll take care of those things that I've given you, those small things, I can increase. It reminds me of the story of David. Um, I love how David defeats Goliath. But so many times people wanted to dress David up in the armor they thought Somebody he needed else's someone right. else's outfit. Mm. But David said, hey, this slingshot that's in my hand right. is what God's given me. It can work. Right. Well, if you looked at the slingshot and looked at Saul's armor, you would think, poor boy, he really needs <laughs> the other. Right. I think that people probably looked at our lives and thought, poor them, they need something more than that slingshot. But when you give your slingshot to God and you say, Lord, I give whatever's in my hand to you to use, he will take down the giants in your life if you begin to use those things. And you don't have to have anything else. It's what you have in you. He's already given you what you need. He says when you were created, he's given you the faith you need. You've got the fruit of the spirit that you have in you that you need. But we do have a choice to cultivate it and say, Lord, let's use these things. So, babe, why don't you pull out our things on what iron friends do for you? Can you grab your notes or do yeah. you want me to? Yep. I, don't, I didn't write them down. So what? So what this pastor uh, shared uh, in our church, <laughs> um, when she said she was going to, next time I hear it, it would be preached better. You know how most time whenever you hear some word the first time, you say, oh, the next time you hear that, it's going to, be, it's going to sound better. So right. she said it would sound better the next time she, she shared it a little bit. She knew that she was the one that shared it the first time. So, um, but we, uh, but she says, don't let life interruptions stop your purpose. Mm -hmm. And what we talk about at church and in life, we talk about having iron friends. Iron friends won't let you stay in the pit and be pitiful. You know, a lot of us want to get, you know, we want to park in our passion where God's trying to move us to our, you know, to forward our to our freedom, to our future and whatever that we have. But, but a lot of times, that's like we said, that's, that's the only life that a lot of us know is, you know, we let, we let so many things of uh, negativity and, and oh, it's it's going to be this way to keep us from living it's, a full. It's always been this way. That's how family is. Right. I'm stuck in the rut, but that's not. So the reasons for uh, iron friends that uh, that I'm jotted down or else will speak, and the first one it says was for spiritual growth. Okay, so here's my thing. As friends, we help each other spiritually right. grow. Of course, yes. When you guys came and sat around at the table with Nana and Papa, Mama Jackie and Papa Gregory, and Mom and Dad. Mm -hmm. They were pulling on, they were saying, let's mature some things in you. Let's grow. 
most of us grow in what you can see on the outside, right. but is that inside growth, that cultivating that fruit, that, you know, I love this, that the gifts that God has for us are gifts they're given. Mm -hmm. But your fruit has to be cultivated. And it says we're judged by our fruit, not by our gifts. Yes. God wants to maturity in us. And iron friends help you grow. They'll be like, hey, that's some bad fruit. We're going to need <laughs> yeah. that. Get that root out. We're going to need to fertilize the word in your life. You you know, know, sometimes, I'm oh, sorry. You know what holds a lot of people back, though, from getting to the table is pride. Yeah. Right. Uh, Self-pride. They don't yeah. want to humble their self to admit where they've messed up. Yeah. And they don't ever end up at the table like we did yeah. with the popes. And, you know, if we would have let our junk get in the way of being humble enough yeah. to come here, um, we wouldn't have been sitting here now. But I feel in my spirit that what are you chasing, you know? Um, for me, there's going to be someone that's going to watch this that, you know, they outside looking in, you think, you know, chasing material things are going to make you happy but you know we had the million dollar house hundred thousand dollar cars and uh, myself was self-destructing and i was about to lose my marriage because i was chasing my own business i was uh, not putting the time in with god and just like you know the popes and the brahmins teach you you know sin is uh, progressive you start just a little bit and then for me and i've never shared this on camera i started chasing this stuff and i got cold lukewarm away from the word of God and I end up in a closet and with a shotgun in my hand. But that process started way before that, but outside looking in, everyone's chasing the worldly, what they see happiness. And I'm sitting here telling you today, I had all that. I had the beautiful family, the beautiful house, the beautiful cars, and I still ended up in that closet because I wasn't filling my spirit man with what true happiness comes from, and that's from God. And everything else around you gets torn away from you in that process because the devil works in isolation. Yeah. So for me, you know, you have to ask yourself, what are you really chasing? And both more than twice, we ended up in dark places because we got distracted and we were chasing the wrong thing. So you got to have boundaries, right? But then you have to be humble enough to get yourself in front of people like this that truly do care. And, and come at you with the word of God, which is like a two-edged sword, right? Yes. And then respond to it. And then God will set you up on a pedestal and you can be the light to a dark place. And we've seen, you know, over 70 lives come to Christ since then, so. And it's not just about getting on a phone and a phone call and having someone pray over you. It's about being in that atmosphere and being in that environment. Like we put our time and effort to keep these relationships yes. with this family because they make us better. When we spend a couple of days here, it's not necessarily what they're telling us, it's what we see. And it's what our children see. So it's important for us, you know, this is Thanksgiving weekend and we're here because we feel like these, this family, the Popes, they fill us, they fill our cup where sometimes we're, we're out, you know, and we're just giving and giving. And so we're so thankful, but yeah, it's important. You are the five people you hang out with. That's right. So That's it's right. important to be very um, careful of who you spend your time with, Especially Jesus. because, you know, sin and all that, like he said, you know, it's a slow fade. And, you know, the problem about deception is you don't know you're being deceived That's right. as That's right. you're going through it. All of a sudden you wake up and you're somewhere where you're like, how'd I get here? Yes. Because there's a little agreements that you make along the way. So just be careful with those little agreements and the people you surround yourself with.
But you know, you think about an airplane when you're flying it, you can just get one little thing off and you end up right. way oh, off the course. That's all the enemy does. You yeah. know, that's just one little notch. That's what the, it makes a difference. But I love something that I'm so thankful for. You know, one thing I love about our life and our marriage is that we fought for each other and this blesses me. But it says in the word that a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up. Well, one of the qualifications for the fallen gods, he was righteous. It is about the get up. And what we're telling you today is there's a get up. There's a future. Don't let your pride, don't let labels tell you that you being fallen is that state. No, no. God sees you as the man and the woman that gets up. And you want our friends that see and prophesy to your future, that look at you through eyes of faith, that see the treasure in your life and not the trash. Now, we can all be treasure hunters or trash inspectors. Treasure hunting is way more fun than being a trash inspector. I want to be treasure hunters, not trash inspectors. And that's how we see everyone. There's a potential in every single mm-hmm. person. You have potential that every, even the person that you think they'll never change. There's a God potential that's for right. greatness in them. So what's but, you the, know, I think, Stephanie, I think a lot of us put our comfort over our calling. You know, I think yeah. you know, for Ricky and Francois, you know, they can share um, if they like what they do um, outside of the church. But it is a church. Y'all are supporting the people's lives, and right. they get on stage and speak in front of hundreds and sometimes thousands of people and I can I, we never really talked about this but I can imagine that's not what y'all want to do really that's not no, your, that's not your, that's not your, no, your comfort zone but, but, you're, exactly. but you're not putting your comfort in front of your calling your calling is is, is helping people reach their dreams and their destiny just like that's what it is for for you guys spiritually and us spiritually and, and with the house of God is is helping people reach the calling that God's placed. And sometimes it's not always comfortable because if it's comfortable, what does our daughter say, Allison? Caitlin? If it was comfortable, you wouldn't need a comforter. comforter. The Holy right. Spirit is oh. a comforter. So he wants yes. to go beyond what you can naturally right. do and put his super on your natural so you can fulfill that's those right. God callings in your life. And that's what we're talking about. Yeah, and it's so true because like every time we go on, out on stage, like we had spoke just recently in front of what? 100,000 people. 100, 000. And we are the type of people that we're... Like we're in the back of the room. We don't want to sit in the front because we don't be called on, right? But um, really God wants us to work in faith. And so if we can do what, if we're doing everything in our strength, right, then we don't need God, right? So, you know, God works in our weaknesses. And so God puts us in situations where we're weak, where we have to rely on him to be strong. And so we walk through faith. And we know that when we get out there, just like Jeremiah 1, 6 says, he'll give you the words to speak. And so when we get out there, I just say, Lord, I trust you. You've put me in this position. You've walked before me. And I'm here because this is where you want me, right? And so I know when I open my mouth, as long as I pray fast and do all the things, right? Right, where I'm connected to to, to the, the one and only, that he will speak through me. And it's just powerful because each time we get out of that boat and we walk on water and we're like, man... That was easy. Like yeah. it didn't feel like that going all the way up to that moment. Nice right? you. Well, I know. Well, after it's done, you know, you're like, you're like, whoa, but yeah. We did it. We did, did it. it. You survived. We survived. If you're watching now, you're 100% a survivor. You know, and Francois, just what you just said, and this was again back to my wife's notes. At the end of it, it says, it always seems impossible until it's done. That's right. It always seems impossible to get up and speak in front of people or to tell your story or to or to share the, the, you know, the love of Jesus with somebody until after it's done and you walk away and think, you know what? That wasn't that bad. I can, I can do that again. Mm-hmm. You know, our daughter-in-law, Kelly, 
she's been a gift to her family. She's very quiet. She doesn't say a whole lot. She's got a gentle spirit, but she did a, um, table, a talk table talk. And after she got finished, she says, I can, I can do that again. That's not that bad. So, so real quick, I know we need to wrap up because we want to uh, keep this uh, thing short, but I want to, um, go on down the list here for Allison's points. So the reasons for iron friends, the first one we said was spiritual growth. The next one is for healing, whether it can be emotional, physical. James 5, 16 says that when we confess and we share things with each other, that we get healed. There's healing in community. And it's those, but you gotta be careful with your five. You know, David, back to that story with the slingshot, what was in his hand, he picked up five stones. Now he only needed one, which is Jesus. He's the only stone you really need. But then he had other things that were in his pocket that it can use mm -hmm. relationships or stones for your protection and for your purpose that you carry in your pocket. That's right. Uh, the next one is emotional support. <laughs> And then, you know, you have iron friends just to have fun with. I mean, it right. doesn't always have to be serious and calling out the, the good, bad, and the ugly in each other or holding each other accountable. You know, you can have fun doing it. A lot of people think you can't love Jesus and have fun. Well, if you're not having fun loving Jesus, you're, you're doing, doing it wrong. wrong. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. And then the fifth thing is, is it talks about, you know, dreaming, having, you know, team, team dreaming, you know, because we're doing stuff now as a family that all, you know, the four of us that are involved didn't think that we would ever. And let me just say this, we couldn't have done without the other. See, partnership, I can only go so far. Bring something else to the, to the table. But then when you partner, you can go further. And God does that in these relationships yes, to say, right. I can only go here, but when we partner together, mm -hmm. there's a next level that we can take. And that's team dreams. And team dreaming is something that people need to work on. I would encourage you today, um, take pictures. Put down some dreams. Write down, it says in Habakkuk, write down your vision. Mm -hmm. Plain. It says a man without vision, a woman without vision perishes. Your first vision has got to be a relationship with the Lord. And then even our house, our car, anything we do. When Jeff bought me my last vehicle, I said, this is a kingdom car. I'm going to win people to Jesus in this car. I'm going to help people have team dreams in this car. And lives are going to be changed. And my children are going to be loved. And my grandchildren are going to be loved. Because it's got to have a God vision or it's selfish. And, and a selfish vision Really, to be honest, it doesn't satisfy you. Right. You have team dreams yeah. and God vision, it moves you. That's right. I mean, it's very important who you <clears throat> surround yourself. Look what Jesus did, Mark uh, 5, 35 through 42, when the little girl was dead and they're wailing and saying she's dead. Before he went in the room, he separated he his did. self. He said, hey, y'all get out of the room. I'm picking who I want to come in the room. That's right. Because it's important who you have around you when you want miracles to happen in your life, just like Jesus said. And what the Holy Spirit really took me on a journey. I've heard faith my whole life because my dad's a pastor and I did sit in the back of the church, so I'll never do that. Well, God has a funny personality. So for me, you know, faith, we hear the word, but what the Holy Spirit's really shown me is the ability to walk in the unseen. And if you listen to Jesus, he was always talking and believing in the unseen. So the more we're able to walk in that environment, the more we'll be able to affect our reality. And that's what he did when he seen them wailing and crying. He's like, she's asleep. Get up. Right. Because he was already seeing what was going to happen in the future. So when you surround yourself with people like this, the environment in your life is going to change because it's positive. So we choose to not get around negative people, people of high faith, and then we walk in the unseen with our friends and we see massive blessings in our life. 
Yes, ma'am. So as we close out, we, we have more. So you want to just keep watching Table Talks and Covenant Church stuff. We got all kinds of great stuff. And it's the Word coming to you. Because Jesus was the Word that was made flesh in John that dwelt among us. And God watches over His Word to perform it. So when your Word lines up with His Word, that's when you produce great that's things right. in your life. So today, if maybe you feel like I've been labeled, I've had setbacks. We want you to know there's a comeback, and his name right, is Jesus. Jesus. And he's already won for you. And if you will just put your belief in him, get a word on it. I love that technology today. If you're dealing with depression, frustration, anger, unforgiveness, you can search scripture on your phone. Yes. It will pull itself. But get a word. Stand on it. Put labels around in your room. Begin to confess those things about yourself. And we want you to know that we believe the best is yet to come. Um, we're not giving up on you. Don't give up on yourself. And Ricky, why don't you just close us out in prayer? And if you need anything, if you need someone to reach out and be in agreement with you, if you have a prayer request or need help in any form or fashion, please reach out to us at Covenant Church. We love you. We believe in you. We're thankful for you. And um, we want you to know that God is not giving up on you at all. He has great, big plans, better things that Amen. So if you'll pray us out. All right. Heavenly Father, we just come to you today, Lord, with uh, a divine appointment. Father, your word says your word never comes back void, and that you're always there for the people and your kid and your children that you love dearly, Father. In Psalms 139, it says there's not a dark place we can go that you're not there, Father. Father, that the kind thoughts and good thoughts you have for us outnumber the grains of sand on this earth, Father. We thank you for a loving Father, a Father that could only give his only son for all of us, Father. For the people that watch this, Lord, I speak into the supernatural, and I ask for the Holy Spirit to move in their life, Father. Not only just listen, but open their ears so they can believe and have faith, Father. Because your Holy Spirit was designed for us to be able to call on, to do things that we can't do in our own self, Father. To be that supporter, that lover, Father God, the person that guides us, Father, and puts us in our purpose. Father, in Philippians 4.13, says we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. So we have to go through Christ and the Holy Spirit to do the things that you designed us to do. You put seed of greatness in all of us, Father. And I love you and I thank you for that. But most importantly, Lord, <clears throat> I pray for the people that watch this, Father, that your spirit will fall on them and you will direct them, Father, and they will call on you, Father. Just like I was in that closet, in a dark place, Lord, I called on you. And we can't go by feeling in sight, Lord. I didn't feel you in that closet, but the next day you revealed yourself in a more in an abundantly clear fashion, Lord, that totally wrecked my life, Father. Father, I just pray right now for the Bramlets and the Popes, Lord, I ask you to just bless them, Father, with anointing and favor and grace so they can go out and do your will in a more powerful fashion, Father. I thank them, thankful for them for what they've done in our lives, Father. And we're just gonna duplicate that, Father, through other people. Lord, I ask you all this in the great and wonderful and powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.